What's up, friends? Welcome back to Whoa, That's Good Wednesday. I hope you're having a great week. Well, as always, it's about to get better, and I'm so excited that today I get to interview Tay Lochner, y'all. She is so incredible. She has so many good things going. Just if you don't know some of the things that she has going on, she has a blog called Lemons by Tay. She also has runs a nonprofit, the Lemons Foundation. She's a registered nurse. She is a mental health advocate. She also has a YouTube channel with vlogs and all kinds of fun things, and she's also just an awesome human that I just got to meet, so I'm super excited to have her on the podcast, and I know you guys are going to love her. So welcome to the podcast, Tay. Woo! Thank you for having me. Yes. I'm so excited. Also, one thing that I've already noticed about you that I absolutely love is you are a woo girl, and I'm a woo girl. <laughs> I'm like, I so am. <laughs> I'm always the one that's like, woo! And so you've done it like twice, and I'm like, yes! She oh my gosh, it's, it. it's woo and yeehaw. I those yeehaw. are like my two. I, I don't know. <laughs> that's a good one. I have not entered the yeehaw zone yet, but I'm definitely a woo girl. That's oh awesome. Oh my gosh. So good. I love that. Well, I got to kickstart the podcast the way that I always do. Um, and this is an intimidating question, but what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? It's a good question. It's a big um, one. I think probably my dad is like huge on perspective. Um, he's like said that to me for years um, in like how we view relationships, how like mm. people view things just in relationships in life in the world um just to like have perspective of other people's views and yep. their feelings and whatnot so it's good. i think i can literally just hear him saying perspective perspective in my mind when i Gosh, say it's it. so good and i love that the good advice is a word that you can hold on to because sometimes you know you have these good advices but you can't even recall them you know because it's like so long or so good or you're like there's a quote For that sure. I like but I'm not sure how you say it but perspective such a good one because I can just pop in your head at any time and be like just perspective we actually um in our office we kind of do this and it, it's pretty funny where if someone will say something that's even like remotely negative about someone else. So I'll be like, oh, she she didn't get her stuff together, blah, blah, blah. Then we're like, well, she probably, and we'll paint this very dramatic <laughs> perspective of probably all the things going on in her life. And then at the end, we'll all joke, but like, oh, that's it. That makes sense. That's so good. But it is crazy how perspective can just shift everything. So I love that so much. Um, one thing that's kind of fun is we've never met, but we have a lot of mutual friends. So Aiden um, is a mutual friend of ours, and he was actually on the podcast this year. So that's fun. And didn't he sing at you guys' wedding? He did. Yeah, he he sang our first dance song, and he actually sang um, a cover of Heaven's Knife. Oh, cool. For That was like, I always knew I wanted to walk down the aisle to that song. That's and cool. my husband actually had... Aiden like record a cover of it and he had it playing when he proposed to me oh wow. so that was there in the night we used the same like track as for me to like walk down the aisle so there was a lot of Aiden that's at our wedding sweet. that's awesome go Aiden well actually <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of Aiden in our wedding too because I walked down the aisle to touch of heaven that he wrote and so Aww. um we when we met Aiden we were like I actually walked down the aisle to your song and so it's funny because we weren't even friends before we just chose that song and so that's awesome well he's super talented and then we also have uh the Kennedys are going to be on the podcast in just a few weeks so oh my gosh how fun yes a lot of good people um, in your circle and thankful to know them but um tell me about your wedding because what a fun season of life and your pictures were just absolutely gorgeous 
Thank you. Yeah, I was not that I was shocked how they turned out because our photographer, Nicole, is just insane. She crushed it. But I was like, holy crap, like that. It <laughs> was insane. Um, but it was just it was everything I could have hoped and dreamed for and more. But awesome. originally, Taylor and I just wanted to elope. Cause we're just like we just like love each other. Like we're just Sweet. like it, like into it. We just like like the two of us. Like that was when we got engaged. We we're like maybe we'll do that. Uh, and I'm an only child, and he only has one sister. And both their parents were like, "No, you're not doing that." <laughs> so we we're like, "Okay, fair enough." Um, so we ended up throwing this like four day wedding, um, which is literally a 180 of an elopement. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> But we, yeah, we just had like four nights. Even we even did like a night after our wedding just to like celebrate with everyone. That's cool. Um, yeah, we had like ninety of just our closest friends and That's family cool. did it in wine country. We love we love wine, and it's a very special place to us. Uh, we drive up there and go wine tasting all the time. So That's cool. It's like our little spot. But I love that. It was a dream. I love the four-day wedding. I think it's like, I mean, you know, this is the one time in your life to celebrate the love of your life, you know? And you also find out, I feel like, the more you plan a wedding, that the wedding is, of course, for y'all, but it's also for everybody around y'all that are going to do life with you. And then your marriage is the two of you, obviously. And then, But then you get to know, man, all those people that were just at my wedding are for us in our marriage. And knowing that you have, like, a community around you and marriage is such a beautiful thing and so I think it's yeah. so cool you'll have four days to like soak in and celebrate um just the beauty of that the the word celebrate I think there's like one of the definitions of celebrate where it's like to pause and give honor and praise where honor and praise is due and I think just that pausing that stopping in life to celebrate the things that matter are so important and so good for y'all for taking a four-day pause I think that's awesome that's so yeah cool. it it was great because it didn't go by fast. Like so many people were like, you're going to blink. It's going to be over. And it was like really stressing me out because I'd like obviously throwing the weddings a lot. So I was like, yeah. I want to be present. I want to be present. And like by Saturday night, which was our last night, I was like, okay, this is definitely like gone on. Like yeah. I, I think I need a nap now. Like yeah. <laughs> it definitely, but it didn't, it didn't go by quick. So That's I was awesome. really happy with how we did it. That's awesome. We did like, so the day before we did um, bridal luncheon and then we did the rehearsal dinner and then we did a worship night with all of our like close friends and family. And it was oh, like fun. my favorite thing. Cause you're right. It, it wasn't like rushed. It was just, we were so in the moment and then the wedding day, we did a first look. So it was really fun because then we had like, to, we got to hang out the whole day. But the Same. ceremony like went by like that to me. I got so nervous. And I mean, I guess I am kind of a nervous person. Like, I get nervous for things like before I do things. But my dad looked over at me. He goes, I've never seen you so nervous. I was like shaking. And it wasn't oh like gosh. I was questioning anything. It was just we had so many people at our wedding. Like hindsight, a 90-person wedding sounds amazing because I probably wouldn't have been as nervous. But we is a big old Louisiana wedding. We literally had like 700 people. It was like everybody we've ever known and loved. And like oh, so it was just the idea of like walking in front of all those people who I love who are about yeah. to like stare at me I was like shaking 
Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess and Honey is so into painting right now. And painting with a three-year-old, yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the no mess. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high quality all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or weekly for six weeks, depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash sadie rob summer that's 20 percent off your summer adventure at kiwico k-i-w-i-c-o dot com slash sadie rob summer Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 
slash woe or just text woe to 500-500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash woe or text woe to 500-500 to try audible for free for 30 days. And so I think with my nerves, the ceremony was like that. And I remember right after the ceremony, I looked at Christian, I was like, oh no, I think I can't remember what just happened. I think I just blanked <laughs> out. I think I just blanked out. So thank God for videos. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Uh, thank God for that. But it was so fun. Also, I heard that um, Taylor's sister is the one that kind of set y'all up, which I love that because a sister is like, they either like love you or they are like, no, don't date this person. So that's kind of cool that she chose you. So how did y'all get to know each other? Yeah, we actually, ironically, when Taylor's family like moved out here, like, years ago when he was 12, his family moved to the same town that I'm from, um, which was like outside of LA kind of randomly happened. But his sister and I are a year apart. We went to like opposing high schools. We always knew the other, but like not like I would say hi to her if I saw her out Mm -hmm. somewhere, but I didn't really know her. And then randomly one of my closest friends ended up going to the same college in Nashville that she went to. They became friends. Um, and I went out there for my friend's birthday, met her at church, and then came home. And then like four months later, she came home and I met her a second time at a girl's night that my friend was throwing. And then after that, she apparently called Taylor and was like, you have to throw a game night. I have a girl <laughs> I'm bringing over. Like, you need to meet her. Um, and I so that. That, that was just kind of how... I love that so much. That's so sweet. You got to love – see, my story is opposite where my sister knew Christian before I did. They were friends for like two years. I never met Christian. And then – and Christian lived like at the beach where we vacationed. So Bella had been there, met him. I hadn't. Two years later, I go down to the beach and meet Christian kind of on a whim. Um, I mean – Obviously, it's not a whim when you think about God's intentionality, but a whim yeah. in the grand, it, it just on the surface level. And uh, I remember as soon as I saw him, I was like, he is so cute. Oh, my God. And <laughs> I like, I knew, though, I was like, Bella is not going to like this because Bella was very much like, these are my friends. These are your friends. And now me and Bella are best friends. But, you know, she's my little sister. And so I like call her. I'm like, hey, like I met Christian tonight and he's DM'd me and I just want to <laughs> let you know. And she was like, no, you cannot date him. He is my friend. So Bella was, my sister was like, you cannot date him. And it's so funny now. Bella is like, her and her husband are two of our best friends. And she is like, Aww. honey loves her, our daughter. And Bella's like, you know, I really missed it with this one. I, I really <laughs> thought this should not have happened, but this is the best thing. So sometimes oh your gosh. sister nails it and sometimes they miss it by that much. So it was pretty funny. I love that. That's an awesome story. Yeah, it is pretty funny now looking back. Well, it's so fun. Like you're in such a fun season of life and early marriage is just so awesome and it just continues to get better. I was just telling my friends that because they were saying they're kind of scared to have kids because their relationship is just so sweet and what if it changes? And I said, you know, it does change, but it only gets better. And I just, I remember when I married Christian, I was like, there's no way I can love you more, you know, because you're just so in love. And then you do. And it's just such a beautiful thing. And I think that's why, like, thinking about the fact that God is love, that just shows that there's just infinite ways to grow in love. And so I'm so excited for y'all. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you. Yeah, we're we're excited. That's great. Well, I want to <laughs> talk to you about Lemons by Tay because I think you're doing so many cool things and it's really awesome. Just prepping for this podcast, reading so many of your blogs and uh, watching so many of your videos, you're just a huge inspiration. And so tell me how that started and why you were inspired to start that. Mm, yeah, so it's kind of like, I definitely feel like it was just my life like coming to one moment. Um, but I've always been big into mental health before I struggled with it on my own. I lost a good friend. Uh, he had bipolar. He took his life like five years ago. A lot of my family members have struggled with addiction and I've always just kind of been, um, surrounded by it, but never really experienced on my own. And then in the winter of 2019, I graduated nursing school and then I started working, uh, I started working in surgery, like outpatient, and then that got shut down because of COVID in 2020. And then I was at home and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I want to work. I just finished school. Like I have all this brain power that I just did. I want to put it, put it to you. So I was like, I'm only going to apply to this one hospital. If I get in, I'll work there. If not, then I'll just wait, wait this COVID thing out. Um, I ended up getting in which was Taylor's worst nightmare because he did not want me to go. I was working night shift. Yeah. Um, obviously he supported me because that's like what I wanted to do. And he was so great to me through that. Um, but the winter of 2020, uh, we, we, the COVID had kind of like di died down in the hospital. And then in like the winter, it like shot up during flu season of that year. And, the first night I started on my own, we went out of ratio. So normally I would be watching four patients, but instead I had five. Hmm. And our charge nurse, who is like the person that runs the unit essentially and who new grads like rely on to be like, hey, can you help me put this in or do this or whatever? She was off in the monitor room because we were on the telefloor, which is basically a cardiac floor. All the patients are on heart monitors. They all need that extra monitoring. And our monitor tech who sits in the room and looks at all the heart rhythms and will call a code blue if someone's like tanking, mm -hmm. they were sick. So our charge nurse wow. had to go in there to watch the monitor. So here I am, like 23, 22 years old, taking care of five patients the first night on my own. Like wow. four would have been plenty. Um, yeah. And I remember just like, crying that first night because when you go into one room you got to put the gown on you have your one mask on you have to put another mask over you have to put your goggles on the shield on booties on double glove and then you go in wow. and then you go out and then you take it all off and then you re-put it all back on to go into the next room wow so it was just like a constant like i think i maybe drank water twice that night wow and i was just feeling so overwhelmed and just like just so yeah. What, what is happening? Like what is going on? Um, and that cycle went on for a bit. Um, it went on for a couple months and wow. I, even on like my nights off, I would end up going in because we were so short staffed because we were literally doubling our patient ratios. Um, I would go in from like 12 AM to 3 AM just to take vitals for wow. the nurses because I knew what it was like to be short staffed. Yeah. And so I was like, so many people are like, set boundaries, don't go in on your day off. And I was like, I just can't like, also, this is just an insane time we're in. Yeah. And I was like, I can't because I know what it's like to wow. be short staffed and not have people to help. Yeah. Um. So that was a few months of that. And then things kind of started 
dying down beginning of last year. Um, and probably like, maybe like February, like February time ish. Taylor and I were in the car and he was asked me, he was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just tired. I worked the past three nights. Like I was literally tired for months. Like that was just like, yeah. I was like, I'm just so tired. And he was like, no, but like, are you okay? Hmm. And the conversation just ended. And like, I just kind of took it and was like, oh, I don't know. Like if I am, that's a good question. I don't know how to know if I'm not like, this yeah. was just all kind of what I was processing. And that's where the conversation ended. And I ended up working like for another like five months. Uh, and then I actually got COVID really bad last year. Um, I was out of work for like a month and a half. Wow. Uh, just at home, which was, I think really just God giving me a slap in the face and being like, dude, like you, you got to take a minute. Like you need to chill. You need to sit. You need to like, look at like yourself and look, at like what's going on around you yeah. and you like need a moment. So it was not fun in the moment, but I definitely needed a, I'm very bad at sitting. Yeah. Like I need to always be doing something. So I really needed to like sit. Um, and it was after that I decided to leave the hospital, um, because I had really severe, um, depression, and, depression and anxiety hmm. from that, uh, which I didn't even know like the extent that it was. Yeah. And I ended up learning that I have like PTSD from it and wow. like, like a lot of nurses do. Um, wow. but I didn't really realize the severity of it. Uh, but when I left the hospital, I knew that I still wanted to help people. I'm yeah. a two on the Enneagram, so <laughs> I'm a helper. Yep. I love I love awesome. helping people. And it just like makes me feel good. Like it fuels me. So I was like, I want to do something. Like God's giving me this platform on social media. Like how can I use it to help people? Because the world is just good. like crumbling. People are dealing yeah. with things they've never dealt with before, myself being one of them. Uh, so that's kind of the long story wow. short of how I started lemons. And I just was like, I'm going to start this it's blog cool. website, just share my thoughts and hope at least one person is That's affected cool. by it. Cause if one person is, then I did my job, but awesome. yeah, that was kind of how I started wow. all of that. That's so, that's such a powerful story. And first of all, thank you for what you did. Cause I know that that was such a hard time and I actually was in the hospital with COVID because I was so early pregnant and I got COVID really bad um, in 2020 and it was, you know, very scary and I was in the hospital and the nurses that came in were all masked up and it was like really scary. But also there was this one nurse that like made me feel so like safe in there and mm -hmm. it meant so much to me. And so I know what that means, like to have a nurse in that situation, like care for you and love you. And so thank you for doing that. And I think you said something in there that I think is really powerful. You said everyone was saying like set boundaries, but you were like, I need to go help. And I think that boundaries are so important, obviously, but I do think that sometimes like in this, um, 
we, we talk about boundaries so much that sometimes we talk about boundaries so much that our boundaries actually get in the way of us just doing the right thing. And yeah. I think it's really beautiful that you're like, no, this is this is not always going to be the case, but in this season of my life, it's going to be the case. And I think sometimes there are seasons in life that are going to stretch you that aren't going to look like every other time of your life where the boundaries that, yes, you would typically set or might need to set later Right now, you know, you need to show up for your friend. Or right now, I need to stay up later because I need to work harder. Or right now, you know. And so I think that that's a really cool point to to even say that, like, you still went in at midnight, even though, yes, you might have been really tired. And, yes, overworked. But you also saw that your friends and the other nurses, like, needed you. So just shout out to that because I think that that – is a really cool thing to make note of. And I know that you talk about boundaries in, in a healthy way too, but that's a really cool thing that not a lot of people can see, that there's a time and a place where you kind of just have to stretch yourself a little bit. But saying all that also and saying that doesn't mean that, that didn't, all of that didn't lead you to a place of real anxiety and depression. So where do you feel like you are now with some of that anxiety and how have you walked out from the PTSD to where you are now? Um, do you still deal with it? Are you working through it? How? What are some things that you've found helpful in the process? Yeah, definitely still working through it. Obviously, it's gotten a lot better just having this whole past year of being able to be out of the hospital and going through therapy and really just like my a big thing that I do is just like take time like to myself. Like mm -hmm. I'm Cool. I, I'll like have a conversation and then I'll be able to tell it back to you in the morning. Like I have to sleep on it. I need to yeah. like, my brain just needs to process. So I've really just been taking a lot of time to like process why things have happened, like why they did, how they did, how it made me feel. And then like, I'll like slowly start to remember things. Mm -hmm. A big, a big part of my PTSD was I dissociated a lot. And so I just like, wasn't ever present. And now, like, looking back, that's exactly what Taylor was talking about. Like, yep. when he was like, are you okay? Like, I just wasn't myself. And even, like, to this day, I struggle with the effects of that. Uh, like, an example is, like, my brain, like, I just can't remember things sometimes. There's this restaurant that's by us. We've been there multiple times. I drive past it all the time. Like, I know the name. Like, I've been there. We know it. I can tell you where it is, what, what it's by, everything. Taylor had texted me and he was like, Hey, do you want to go to this restaurant for dinner? And I'm looking at the name and I'm like, I know I've been here. I can't remember where it is, who I've been with, like what, like I couldn't, I literally wow. can't remember going. I was wow. like, I know I've been there, but I can't remember going there. Wow. And like now, now remembering, I like, Oh, we went with Mar and Ryan. We went with these friends. Wow. We went with this. We had a date there. Like, but in that moment, I was like, that was the moment for me where I was like, okay, this is getting a little, yeah. a little scary. <laughs> Cause yeah. I, and I like, I pride myself in my brain. Like I could tell you where Taylor's left sock is <laughs> in the third drawer behind this white one yeah. next to the blue one. Like that's just, that's just how my brain is. And it has been an adjustment for wow. me to be dealing with that kind of yeah. stuff. And it's gotten better now, like knowing, and I'll like go to my therapist and be like, why, Rick, why is this happening? Why are we, why is my brain doing this? Like, yeah. I don't understand. And like, just learning that that's just how, how your brain can be affected by yeah. trauma. Yeah. Um, and uh, a couple weeks ago, I think we were leaving for our honeymoon or something like that. Um, I had gone 
I was getting masks for us to travel through the airport and I opened, I have like a big jar and a closet of a bunch of masks and I opened it up and there were that like heavy duty N95s that we would wear in the hospital because I had literally taken them if I didn't end up using it because like there had been shortages and sometimes we wouldn't get another one if we were working multiple days in a row. And I was like, I'm going to keep these in case I need them again. And that was the first time I'd seen them in a bit. And literally I opened it and I look at the mask and I had chills shot down my body, like a pit in my stomach. And this was like, like last month. Like, you know, like it's just great. I mean, I have chills right now talking about it. Mm. It's just wild that like that, like you can leave something and you can get over it, but it just takes like time. And that's, that was like a little bit of a discouragement for me, but also just kind of like, discouraging but also like okay you got to keep like you got to keep working towards this yeah. like discouragement but then it turned into motivation if That's that makes cool. sense yeah, <laughs> randomly yeah. well because sometimes when you see when you see it for what it is I always say, because it's weird, my friends and I were talking about our stories one time, and so many of us had this similar moment where we looked in the mirror one day, and we kind of saw ourselves for where we were at, and we were like, whoa, like, how did we get here, you know? And so I think sometimes when you see yourself or where you're at for the first time, or like, the chills shoot down your body, or you're like, what? Like, you realize, whoa, like, I really need to get help. Like, I'm not in a good place. And it just is kind of like a wake you up moment. And I remember, so I used to struggle with anxiety so bad for years, had panic attacks and all kinds of crazy things. Um, And I wrote a book called Live Fearless, like really tried to work through it, um, wrote about everything that I was walking through and um, still walking through and processing and everything. And then years after I even wrote that book, or I guess maybe within the year after I wrote that book, I was at a restaurant. And I want part of my anxiety, it just kind of, I think it was really sparked from fame and everybody always looking at us when we walked in a room and we had a few dangerous situations happen. And so I would just get really panicky over people and what they were going to do to me and how they were going to approach me or whatever. And so if I would go out with friends to restaurants, I would always make sure I set where I could like see the whole restaurant and like, then I would feel okay. Well, this one day I was with this group of friends who didn't really know this about me, like that I get really bad anxiety and I came in a little bit late. And so I had to sit on the side where the restaurant was all behind me and I was like shaking. And I just remember I was like grabbing my hands like this because I was always what I would do when I was anxious, grab my wrist. And I was like, just like really shaky. And um, I looked at my friend, I said, can I switch seats with you? And she's like, really? And because she didn't know. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I just, like, it makes me really anxious. And she goes, you're really afraid right now, aren't you? And I said, no, like, I really am. And she said, like, why? I was like, well, it's just a long story. Like, I just, I just need to switch sides with you. And she's, she just said, like, you, that's not okay. Like, you need to, you need to get help with that. And she's a pastor and she's awesome. And it was really actually helpful for her to say that because I think for a long time, I just was like, I was like sitting in the safety of, oh, well, if I just sit on the right side, then I'm going to be okay. But actually Mm -hmm. like me sitting on the right side wasn't helping me get through what I was going through. It was just kind of numbing it for a moment or making the time pass. But I really needed to be called out and say like, 
hey, that's not okay. That's not normal. Like I understand you've had things that have happened to you that would make you want to feel that way, but you don't need to let the things that happen to you actually like change everything about who you are and like let it have authority over you, like let fear have authority over you. And so that was when I kind of started realizing, you know, this is a problem. And then later on in life, whenever I got really bad anxious about stuff, um, a friend told me about Dr. Amen, which I don't know. Do you know Dr. Amen? Okay, mm-hmm. so Dr. Amen, he's been on the podcast talking to me and everybody of all of my like listeners about going through trauma and all this stuff because I was like, after I went through his help, I was like, I want you to come on the podcast because this would help so many people. And he did. So anyways, he helped me so, 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 so much uh, when it comes to dealing with trauma and fear and all the different things. And I am like walking in so much freedom now and I'm so thankful and I my life is not marked by fear. It's not defined by fear. I don't feel that way anymore. I don't even think about where I'm sitting in a restaurant and um, I'm just so thankful for that. And it wasn't Dr. Amen that did that. I mean, Dr. Amen helped me through that, but I really feel like yeah. it was the Lord and taking his word to heart and really just starting to live in freedom and work past those things. But it was really cool because I met a girl a couple months ago who was in a really similar situation that I was in. She has a lot of fame and a lot of followers and feels a lot of anxiety. And I said to her, I said, you know, when I was in your position, I never thought I would be out of it. I thought my life would always be marked by fear. I thought I would always have anxiety. I thought that was just almost a part of who I was, you know? I didn't think I could get past some of those things. And I said, but here I am five years later, and I am walking in so much freedom. And I can confidently say that like you can get through this. And her eyes were just so filled with hope. It was like almost like shock, Mm -hmm. like, wow. Because it was like, I've been there, but look at where I'm at now. And I think to so many people, that is what you're doing. It's saying like, this is where I've been. This is where I am. This was one month ago, but every day I'm taking steps towards getting better. And your talks, your blogs each day are each week are so encouraging of just, it's like a friend to a friend. And so I want to ask you about that just idea of a friend, because I think some people, when you think about mental health or you think about starting a blog, you can think like, whoa, this is, this is out of my, you know, this is out of my qualification. But how do you just jump in and say, you know what, I might not know it all, but I know enough to be your friend. What does that look like just to have the courage to start something like that? I definitely think faith is a big, a big part of that. Yes. I just kind of like woke up and was like, I think I'm going to do this. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, and I definitely feel like God speaks to me when I sleep and I wake up and I have all these ideas. I and love I'm like, that. Okay, great. We're, that's how I started my nonprofit. I had never had an intention of starting a nonprofit, like didn't know anything about it. And I woke up one day and I was like, uh, babe, I think I'm going to start a nonprofit. He was like, what? I was like, yeah, I don't know, but I think I need to do it. He was like, okay, great. And here we are now. So, that's so definitely cool. just like a lot of faith in that. But also just knowing that I've always been one to like share, not share my opinions, but just share, share my thoughts and share like what what I'm going through because I know that like if I'm going through something there's definitely someone else that is going through something similar or can take away something from that um but that was just kind of how I got started I was definitely nervous in the beginning for sure that like that I was gonna say like the correct things that I was like not gonna come across a certain way but I was just talking to someone yesterday I have like I've been 
I've been wanting to share this whole mask story that happened on social media, but for some reason, like, just like right now, I've been worried about not what people are going to think of me, but I don't like want people to be like, oh, like pity her. She's just doing this to like stay relevant or like to do whatever. Like, and that's been like, that's probably been the hardest thing for me because I never like, I never want to come across that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's probably like my, my biggest fear. But Mm -hmm. the person I was talking to, they were like, no, like just Mm -hmm. do it. Like haters are going to hate, like more people are going to like take away like from that and be like, Hey, like this person is still struggling with that. Like, it's okay that I am too. Yeah. Um, so I just like keep telling myself that and my friends and family are so supportive. And like when I see my friends repost like the lemons, my Instagram page on their stories, like I'll just be like clicking through and I'll see someone repost it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like it just makes me so excited. And like, just like the affirmation I've received from my friends and family and people just like followers of the account too. It's cool. It's just like really like pushing me to keep going, which is I really awesome. That. That's awesome. Well, I think that's, that's so real though. I mean, everybody feels that way. It's like, okay, well, if I post this, what if people think this or what if people think that? And we can get so in our head about what we post. And I think the biggest thing is just asking yourself like, why am I posting this? And if your heart is pure in it, then posting it. And if people think whatever, then let them think, but let your yeah. heart be pure and what you're doing. And your heart is so pure in what you're doing. And I love that God speaks to you in the night and you wake up and just go with it. And I think God does that to me too. And Hey, that's what a lot of life is. When you see people starting these crazy things, a lot of it is just God just spurring their heart to do it and their willingness to say yes. And you got to have that willingness to say yes. I mean, if you think about the stories of the Bible, like it's sometimes just so easy to read those stories and lose the gravity and the magnitude of what was actually happening. Like when you think about Moses and he's about to put like his staff in the water because the Lord said, put it in the water and expect the sea to part. It's like you read that and you're like, oh, cool. The sea parted. It's like, no, literally a human had to believe that when he did this, God was going to actually part the sea. That had never happened before. It's like Joshua. He's like, walk down this wall of Jericho seven times and see what happens. Like that's a human expecting an entire wall around a city to fall because the Lord said do it. And so you think about that. That's who God is. That's who God still is. So God's going to ask you to do stuff that you might look and say, this is impossible. But remembering you serve the God of the impossible. So I just love that. You took that on. You're doing such a good job with it. I saw one of your recent posts was about grief and the holidays. And I know the holidays is right around the corner. Your podcast is coming out right before the holidays. So give some advice to the people out there who have struggled with this. Because I know holidays are super fun for some people. And then for others, it's one of the hardest seasons. Yeah. Yeah, definitely think like since diving into all this mental health stuff, holidays even if you're not necessarily experiencing like the loss of a human grief can be like your kids being with like their spouse's family for the first Mm -hmm. time it could be like a family member being out of town or not coming it could even be like if you have a rough relationship with your parents or with a sibling or with the family member and like you're having to be in the same room as them there's definitely just like there's so many aspects of that so that was just something that we wanted to touch on uh, just a couple different ways of how like it's such a big word, but intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. and like grief and it it's such a heightened time and that's 
I think that's why like this time of year is so stressful too. Um, but I think just knowing that if people are feeling like more anxious or more stressed around the holidays, like that, that's valid. Mm-hmm. Like they are expected, like there's a lot of you that is expected, um, from, and I know like not really, I don't have a lot of family like here. So it's just kind of like my parents, but I've like growing up, like you're expected to be at things. I know people whose families are huge and you're expected to show up for multiple days and converse. And like, they maybe don't like do the same things their family does, or there's like past traumas there. So it's definitely a heightened time, but I would just encourage people like to know, like feelings that you're feeling are valid Mm -hmm. and to just like note them and to continue to just like work through it and figure out like what you need without setting too hard of a boundary. Like we talked about, like make sure the boundaries that you set are what's healthy for you. You know, that's so good. I love that you said note them. One thing Dr. Amon told me was like, keep a fear journal, which I don't do, but I feel like sometimes I should do. And it's like, just write it down because sometimes when Mm -hmm. you write it down and you see it for what it is, you can be like, okay, well, this is not truth. You know, sometimes your emotions will tell you something is true. That is just such a lie, you know? And when you write it down and you see it for what it is, you're like, that is so far off from what I actually believe or what is actually going on. And that shifts your perspective back to the original piece of advice to say, okay, this is what I feel in the moment, but this is not what's actually going on here. So I love that. Yeah. One thing I've seen you write about is the idea of having an outlet, which I think is such a practical thing. And so talk to us about what that looks like in your life and how people can incorporate that in their own. Yeah. I mean, Outlet, my outlet for so many years was dance. I danced growing up my entire life. And now that I don't do it anymore, I've realized how much of an outlet that was for me mm-hmm. and how useful that was because I feel like sometimes now I'm like, not really now, but like shortly after dancing, being done with high school, um, I was like, I don't really know how to process my emotions correctly. Like dance was just like where I thought through everything, how I moved through everything. And that was such a big outlet for me. So definitely like transitioning into like adulthood (laughs) post dance has been even still a learning thing for me trying to figure out what an outlet is. But I just think it's so important that we find an outlet, whether it be like talking with someone, whether it be walking, reading a book, going to get a facial, going to get a massage, like something that we're able to just kind of like take a moment, like not and turn our brain off, but like think through things and just kind of like, I think of it like I'll, I'll go to sound baths, which is literally you just lay there and listen to these cool, like different frequencies of these circle things. I don't even know what they're called, but you just lay there for an hour and like, it's crazy to watch like the first like 10 minutes, my brain like can't stop. And then like 20 minutes in, I'm like, you just reach like such like a meditative, just like calm state. And I think finding an outlet that you're able to just kind of reach like a state of like calmness and just like levelness. It's cool. Uh, I think is really important. That's cool. I love that. I, I think it's true. Like someone actually said to me before, um, find something that makes your brain turn off. And for me, that has been tennis. Like me and my husband play tennis a lot. And when I play tennis, I do not think about anything. I'm just playing the game. And <laughs> it like makes me feel so good after because it's just like a brain break. And I remember actually after I had COVID and was out of the hospital and 
Um, this was maybe even the second time. I can't remember. I don't know. I've had COVID three times, but it was one of the times. And I was like, me and Christian were, um, it was just kind of a hard day. I'm like recovering. Honey was young at this point. So this definitely wasn't the first time. And we put it down for a nap and Christian goes, what do you need? And I said, I need to make cookies and I need to dance. And he was like, he was like, what? I was like, that's just all I want to do right now. And we made cookies and we did our first like dance reel where we called it Dancing with the Parents. It was our first one we did. And people like loved it. And it was so funny because it was funny, but we actually were having a hard day. And I was just like, I just need to make cookies and dance. And then we ended up doing that for a while that the whole like first year of Honey's Life we did so many dance videos and it really came from days where I was like, I need to dance. Like, and it was the thing that Christian and I could just turn our brain off and laugh. And he's such a bad dancer that it was always <laughs> entertainment to me. So it is true. Like you got to have those things in life where you're just like, you know, this is fun for me. This makes my brain turn off. But like I'm going to go do it and incorporate those in your daily life. Christian's so good at like having his outlets and he's so good at incorporating them in his life. And I learned that from him because sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I'm just too busy to do that and it's like no you're not too busy to you know work on your mental health like you say a, a lot like it's it's always something you should prioritize you're not too busy to to slow down for a second and make sure that you're the healthiest version of you that you can be because now even just being a wife and a mom for me I'm like I'm not just being healthy for myself I'm being healthy for them you know and so it is so important you have those things one thing I love you talking about too is like celebrating little victories. Um, all these things are just so practical and so good. And so talk to us about that too, because I think that's a fun way for people to start just incorporating some joy in their life. Yeah. I'm, I mean, as we said, I'm a woo girl, so I love <laughs> <Yeehaw>. celebrating. <laughs> I, I just love celebrating. It's just like a moment to like, it's just a moment to be happy and mm -hmm. to celebrate and just be joyous no matter what's kind of happening. Uh, so Taylor and I definitely like try to incorporate that. If like, I don't know if I did something in a certain amount of time or if I like responded to all the emails I needed to do, I'll be like, Woo, I did it. Like <laughs> just awesome. like little, just little things that will like incorporate or a big thing. Like when I was still working as a nurse, like after, if I worked three days, we'd be like, okay, let's go out to dinner now. Like we get to celebrate and done for the week. Yep. Um, just like finding the little things, even I'm like, I don't, I don't, this isn't, I don't even think this is a thing, but <laughs> I call myself like toxic optimism. Like I like, <laughs> I love I'm that. like, so like sometimes Taylor's like, calm down. Like you need to stop because like, I'm that. so like, I always give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm always like, just so optimistic. And I'm always like, oh, well this happened, but this could have happened. Like yeah. that's just, just my personality all the time. Like our dog, yeah. she has something wrong with her eye right now. And I have to take her to the vet after this. I'm like, well, it could be both eyes. Like that's like <laughs> where my brain goes. I don't know why, but I, I definitely that. think that's how, like how I started like celebrating the little victories. Like that's, that's definitely like just like keeps you going and keeps you motivated. And it's an excuse to like smile and have a little joyous time. I love that so much. I'm kind of the same way. If, if something happens, I'm immediately like, well, but look at how good this can be. You're like turning into a message like too soon and like all this stuff. And yeah. I recently went through something where it was really hard. And I told Christian, I looked at him, I said, 
I am not going to make this a good thing. I was like, I am not. <laughs> and then, of course, like a week later, I was like, now that I've been thinking about it, look at yeah. let me paint this new picture. But I think that's a good thing. I mean, I think it's just choosing to see the joy. And um, the Bible talks about fixing your eyes on Jesus, fixing your eyes on the author and the perfecter of your faith. And so I think it's more than just optimism. I think it's probably faith. You know, I think it's probably just saying, yeah. you know, I'm choosing to see that there's something good in this. And so uh, I love that so much. And celebrating little victories is so important because we can be so hard on ourselves. Like there are so many things that we can look at and be like, I wish we did better this. So we should have done that, blah, blah, blah. My mom always says like, get rid of the should haves, like just do it, you know? And I, awesome. I love that so much. She always says, get rid of the shoulds. And it's so, it really is like so true because we could say that all day long, but to say, you know what, I actually did this and that was good. We need to celebrate. And so many people, you just let life fly by without celebrating these little things in your life. Um, we celebrate the big things, but that's just maybe a birthday every year where there's so many more things to celebrate. So I love that. Yeah. So just closing, thinking about Lemons by Tate and all the stuff you're doing, when you think five years down the road, um, and I know I hate when people say, what are you going to be doing five years down the road? So I'm not asking that. But when you think five years down the road, just the things that you're starting, the things that you're doing, and even as a married couple, what do you hope um, you see? I guess, what impact do you hope you leave on people in the next years to come with the things that you're doing? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, I've been asked, not that, but a question like that a lot recently, just because going into like this new year, this is the first time that like, I've really just had time to myself to like focus on, which is funny because now I'm like married and I'm not just myself. Um, but there, it's just the point in my life where I'm like, I can really just focus on like my career and lemons and just like, I I literally like want to bring it to the moon. Like that's just, awesome. there's so many things I want to do, but I just want to like reach as many people as possible and love as many people as possible. Cause like, that's, just like a big way of how like I choose to live out my faith is by loving everyone. And that's just, that's such a big thing for me because I definitely think a lot. It's so cliche, but like, there's like not enough love in the world. Like we need to love each other, blah, blah, blah. But that's just like, I just want to like love people. I want to be intentional with people. I want to love people and I want people to feel heard and seen and just help people. So I just want to, I want to reach the masses. That's Who knows? Awesome. Maybe we'll have scholarships down the line or I want to Come do on, lemons so events cool. and just like, just like love people and reach people. And just like, I'm just like waiting. I just I feel like it. I'm waiting for God to be like, this is what you're going to do. I'm just like, I'm That's like ready so cool. for it. I'm just like anxiously waiting. That's so I'm awesome. pumped. Well, it seems like you're working in the waiting because you're doing a lot. And I love that so much because everything you just said reminds me so much of what I said when I first got started. I didn't know like what it was going to look like, but I knew like what impact I wanted to make. Like I always said, you know, I just want to be a sister and a friend to those who don't have a sister and a friend. And however that looks is whatever I'm going to do. And, you know, it started with like an in-person gathering. And then it was like a blog. And then it was a book. And then it was a podcast. And then it was a conference and a tour and all these things. And like, then once I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Like, I've just done that over the past few years and like what God has done in growing it has absolutely blown my mind because it really just came from a heart of like I just want to be a sister and a friend to those who don't have one I want to love people well I want to show God that God I want to show people that God made them as an original person that they can be confident and not compare themselves to left or right like how all these heart missions but not like um actual ideas of what that was going to look like and I think that's so good because I think some people they go in and they don't have the heart and they say you know I just want it to be a stage I want it to be a platform I want it to be this many followers I want it to be that 
And when you chase after that and not chase after like the mission, I feel like that's whenever you fail and you all always fall short. But in saying like, this is what I want to do. I want to reach as many people as possible. I want to love people well. I want to show people that, you know, you can live a better life than than the one that you might be living right now. Like you can only win with that, you know, because if tomorrow it's two people and the next day it's three, then you're winning, you know? And so I love what you're doing. We are cheering you on here at LO. I'm cheering you on just as a friend and excited for what you're doing because I think it's so helpful to so many people. And when I see people, um, you know, putting out, anything that's encouraging that's rooted in faith and that's helping people with mental health i'm like yes thank you and so thanks for what you're doing you're awesome thanks for being on the podcast it was so much fun to talk to you and just super excited to see where life takes you thank you that was so fun (laughs) 